When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You can't win anything with kids. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. How much are the players looking forward to Arsene Wenger arriving? <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Phoenix Five. On this week's show, we're going to be looking back at Arsenal versus Man United, the rivalry that made the 90s. During the mid-90s and creeping into the early noughties, Man United versus Arsenal was one of the best fixtures to watch out for in the calendar. Of course, for Arsenal, Spurs was always in their peripheral, and for Man United, it was Liverpool as well. But winning against them was not going to win either team the league. From a neutral, they loved to watch this fixture, as you just did not know what was going to happen. The passion in the game is something that's dwindled over the last few years, but that's something for another podcast. There were so many magic moments in the 90s between these two clubs and the early 2000s. Whether it was Schmeichel versus Ian Wright, Keown van Nistelrooy, Keane versus Vieira, or the battle of all battles, Wenger versus Fergie. Games between the both clubs all their years have been you know, nothing in them. They are the best of enemies. Big players to save big games. Oh, it's just teed up for Cantona. Oh, a real cracker from Cantona. That's just like an exercise, and it's a rocket. You can't get to them, that's a great strike. for Arsenal. The championship race is well and truly on again. points and the goal difference we have makes it impossible for us to get us. I felt today we lost against a stronger team and uh, when that happens in football you can only go home and think why and uh, try to get come back stronger.
We've got a guest host this week. I'm going to step down as a United fan and David Graham is going to be hosting this week. So, uh, Graham, I'm going to hand it over to you. Right, OK. Thanks, Paul. Right, OK, then. As this is an Arsenal versus United episode, I've been asked to, to host, OK? The reason being is, for me hosting, is David Holland is a huge Arsenal fan and Mickey McGrath is a massive Man United fan. And if anybody that listened to the last week's episode and previous you'll realise there's a lot of hatred, hurt and rivalry, not just between the two clubs, between Holland and Mickey. So my, we've also got myself, Lee Harper, Adam Miller. We're all here still. We're also here to give our opinion and create, create debate as per. I'm not a host that's going to start reading off stats, but I've got a feeling a couple of the guys here are going to do that. So let's jump straight in. Um, okay, so right, as we know, for anybody, or for anybody that doesn't know, um, the rivalry between Arsenal United in the 90s and noughties was massive, not just between the players, but the managers too. So just to put it out there, um, Alex Ferguson was in charge of Man United for 26 years, winning 38 trophies, including Premier Leagues, FA Cups and European Cups, whilst Arsene Wenger was at the helm at Arsenal for 22 years, winning 17 trophies, including Premier Leagues and FA Cups. So I'm going to stop you, David Holland. Arsene Wenger. Let me stop you there, Dave. You missed out buying trophies uh, when you said Alex Ferguson. Buying a league every year. You know what I mean? They lose a title and the next one they're by Wayne Rooney the next year round. Arsene Wenger arrived in 1996. What did you know of him and what did you expect of him? What was your expectations of him? I knew bugger all of him. Yeah, I didn't feel didn't know much of him. But he come and he made some impact. I can give you that ever since. Miller, yeah, Miller I'm, I'm guessing you're the same. Do you know anything about um, Arsene Wenger before he arrived? No, nothing, to be honest. I knew he was involved in George Ware. That's the only thing I knew. I didn't know anything about his coaching past. I just knew he had something to do with George Ware. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harper? Yeah, well, I, I knew that he came from Grampus 8, was it? Did you know Yeah, in Japan, yeah. Yeah, he came from Japan. And I don't even think... I'm assuming that they was winning the Japanese league. I couldn't I couldn't even tell you, if I'm honest. But mm. yeah, like uh, the rest of the boys said, I, don't, I didn't know nothing about him, really. But I do know that he did change the way football was... Obviously, like health style and all that. I feel like he was the main influence in that. Yeah, I think we can all agree um, without any looking at any stats. Ketchup, didn't he? I think that was one of his. Yeah, he definitely changed the culture. So, Paul, I'm going to jump with you. With Arsenal Wenger changing the culture, not just at Arsenal or with it and with English football, what do you make of him in his early days? Sorry, in his early days. Yeah, I think when he came in, I think his first six, seven years, he was he came in as a bit of a surprise. Uh, no one knew what he was doing, what you know, who, who he was. And I think he came in and done a very good job. But overall, if you're going to name the top 15, 20 managers, I don't think he gets close to it, personally. Yeah, so... What, in the Premier League? You're in the world? Uh, well, well, 20. So what are you going to do? Put, like, Sam Allardyce ahead of him or something? No, we're not going to put Sam Allardyce ahead of him, but I don't so think... So who's the 15 managers in the Premier League you're putting ahead of him? I didn't Go say If I had any 15, 20 managers of the world... In terms of world managers like Lippi, Ancelotti, Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho, Alex Ferguson, I think there's a lot of managers that, that would be on a list ahead of he, he, him. Van Gaal again, another manager. Oh, Holland, let me put this to you. Uh, who who's, who would you say is Arsenal's all-time best manager? Then he's got to be up there, isn't he? No, no, not up there. Who would you say is Arsenal's? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. Well, from, uh, from I can remember, yeah, I'm not going back to Herbert Chapman and all that lot. As a host, yeah. as as the host, yeah. sorry, as a host, can I just butt in, Dave? What, it's a good question he's asked. There. I was going to come on to that. Um, during his tender at the 90s, um, Arsene Wenger, did you personally, as an Arsenal fan, did you prefer the way Arsene Wenger played or George Graham? What team did I, you prefer, the style of football? I, yeah, no, I preferred, I preferred Arsene Wenger. I mean, like I say, don't get me wrong, George Graham was great, but it's the 1-0 to the Arsenal stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? It, very much like Mourinho was at Chelsea. Fucking win win, and just don't concede and play yeah. ball. I, say, I don't want to say boring because, you know, George Graham was good, but... No, I think that, no, the way that Wenger played football throughout his time at Arsenal, I thought was great and exciting and, yeah. uh, and English football. So, uh, Miller, you know, you, Miller, you said last week um, about you wasn't a fan of the Italian football, quite boring. Did you prefer Wenger's style to, to towards um, George Graham? To the way Holland's explaining, George Graham was quite boring compared to Wenger. Yeah, um, when Wenger came, he obviously changed the culture of the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Every other manager was looking at what he was doing tactically and environment culture wise yeah i really enjoyed watching wenger's team once mm. he actually put his stamp on it don't get me wrong he had a great back four or back five whichever way you want to say it. He, he had the foundations in the club that was left there for him from george graham yeah but what he done would you go with that lee yeah 
yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I like the way Arsenal. Like, obviously, QPR was in the Premier League earlier on, but then we got relegated and we kind of slippery slope. But I, I, my, they were Arsenal were my favourite team in the Premier League just because the way they played football. Like, they just pass, move, pass, move, pass, move, pass, move. Yeah. That's what I loved about them. See, the thing oh. is, see, see, the thing is, is that Wenger never, he got that, he got that defence inherited it to him. He never, he never really replaced it. He tried. He got Sol Campbell coming on a free, which was unbelievable, but he never had that defence again. And that's where the problems lie. Going forward and attacking, we were great. That wasn't the problem. We can never defend. And it's still the case today. Okay. Paul Wenger or Gra- um, George Graham started to play? Yay or nay? Uh, <clears throat> so I'm a big fan of defensive football. I'm a big fan of Jose. I really like the way that um, the art in defending, it's seen as this poor, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's boring or whatever it can be. But there's an art and it's very Italian <clears throat> in terms of getting the one nil win getting your defence straight and then building off of that. And winning one nil is seen as boring, which I can get the point of it from the, from the purists of football. You want to see, you know, uh, a more expansive style of football. Yes, Wenger's football was much better in terms of on the eye. Can't argue that. But my, my original point was, as you said, David, Wenger was there for, was it 22 years? Three Premier League trophies. George Graham won two in nine. And then you've got Europe. George Graham is more successful in Europe than Arsene Wenger. Um, he brought in players like Ian Wright. Um, uh, who else was there? I mean, the back four, Dixon. He brought in a lot of unknown players from players play like Luton and, and Portsmouth and, and made them into a, a unit. David Seaman from QPR. I think George Graham is a more successful manager at Arsenal than Wenger. OK. OK, that's a, a bold statement, but uh, I'll take your point on board. I'm going to move on a bit now. Um, next on the agenda is the flops. Well, both money. Let's, okay, let's start again. The, the, the money spent, to my knowledge, is Wenger spent £349 million in his time there and Fergie spent £546. We've got, I've got flops written down here. Um, I didn't really say much on the last subject. So the first one that came to mind for me for talking about flops of both clubs, you can both chip in with both clubs, um, was Jemba Jemba at United. Um, he was supposed to be a replacement for Roy Keane. I'm just going to move on from there. Um, Miller, any, any flops you can remember for Arsenal United? I'd put Jermaine Pennant in there as a flop. He should have done better at Arsenal. Yeah, Jermaine Pennant was. He went on to do better things, but Jermaine probably, yeah. He had, a, he had one game where he scored a trick for Arsenal and everyone thought, oh my God, this is it. And then he, I thought, what was he doing? He got, didn't get nicked or something. He's having yeah, a I wouldn't say he was a flop, I wouldn't class him as a flop. If you're going to class him as a flop, like Massimo Taibi, that's a flop. Would you class him as a success then, Lee? Do you class Pennant as a success? Not, Genuine not, question. I wouldn't. Not a success. No, but I don't. No. Think, I don't think a flop. I just think he wasn't a, fa- a fairly average player. Like mm. if you're talking about flop, there's fucking hell. You can name loads in Man United and Arsenal. I will. Don't worry. That's what I want to hear. Give me yeah, a flop. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jesus Christ, where do you start? Um, didn't they Arsenal for one? They didn't they Christopher Ray or didn't they get signed in for? He was told if George Ware's cousin or something, and that's how they signed him off. That wrong stinker. Incorrect. Yeah, but he was a good player. He just yeah, didn't a good be... player. I just couldn't do anything yeah. at United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to interject there if that's okay for a second. When you talk yeah, go on, Paul. Flops, all right, when you talk about flops, um, yeah. Veron, uh, for the price we paid for him, didn't work out. He was bought in, Veron, for one reason and one reason only. And this is one of Fergie's <clears throat> only flaws, was he, wa- he went for Europe. He, he bought Veron in to try and... And he wasn't a replacement for Skulls. He tried to create a more European style of football by bringing in Van Nistelrooy, Veron that season... And the league was a given most seasons for United. And I think he tried to focus on Europe. But going on to flops, when you talk about Ferguson and you talk about Wenger, here's some of the names I've got. Grimondi, Bormorte, Mendes, Diara, Viva, uh, Nelson Vivas, Grondin. And this is a, not naming gold. Oh, and Grimondi was all right. I'm not having Grimondi as a flop. Sorry. <laughs> was, no he good, Dave? was he good? Yeah, he was. He was all, yeah, he was. He was a good player. Did he play in the 6-2? Six, six, six Oh, Jesus Christ. Many players played in that. 11 other players played as well. You could call them flops. All right. Pascal Segan, Senderos. Oh, yeah, you can have him. Heb, Vela, Diaba, Gard, uh, Christopher Ray, Stevanos. I can go on. Cleverson. Remember him? Okay. Cleverson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think the list. I think that I think we've proved the point there. I think the list goes on and on for both clubs, doesn't it? Uh, not for both clubs, mate. Uh, the thing is, the thing is, is that. Wenger oh, didn't spend a lot of money. He was, we never broke the bank to get these players. So they were flops. They were never fu- They were never expensive flops. Oh really? When you say that, that's funny because in his first season, Wenger outspent Alex Ferguson. In his first season, 
his third season, his fourth season, his fifth season, and the seventh season. Wenger outspent um, Fergie until the Verón era, when he went out to try and conquer Europe, and he spent money on Verón, in fact, the, the big money on players. It was only in the later career, when we went for Europe, that that changed the mould. And when Chelsea came in... How many times did Arsenal break the transfer record, British transfer record? None. How many May United? Seven. So don't, don't even count me with that. So okay, what, right. You got well, 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 well. Remember that I'm the host today because we have got three neutrals here as well. It could, this could go on for hours. You both got genuine points, but I think we can all agree that there was some good. There were some bad signings. I haven't even gotten to the good signings yet. That's my next point. We can all agree there's some poor signings. All the guys you've mentioned there, um, Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger's top signings. I'm sort of Miller. Who would you say were top signings that they both sign in each club? Who would you pick as your number one signing for Wenger and number one signing for Ferguson? Henri for Arsenal. Yeah, yeah I, I, no, I'm thinking obviously the obvious ones, but it has to be Cristiano. Lee, I, I think I'll go with Henri. They sign so many players, uh, mate. The list is endless. Go for it, Lee. Well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna say Yap Stam because I think he was quality. Like, and when he came, oh, that that shored up their defence. So mm-hmm. I'll go for him if I'm honest. I'm gonna go for Yap. Yeah. Dave, your favourite Arsenal player under the Wenger regime, mate? Uh, Henry's obvious, but you know what? Yeah, the era. Heavy, isn't he? The era. He's, you know what I mean? With he just centre midfield, the general. Yeah, yeah. Henry was fantastic. Scored many goals. Was absolutely quality. But you know what I mean? For, yeah, he's he's obvious. But for, for me, Vieira stuck him in the yeah. middle. He was solid. Win your games, captain. Quality. Yeah. And I know, I know, you hate Man United for passion, but if you had to pick one. Of Fergie signings that you stood back and said, you know what, I like him. Who would you pick, mate? Um, Luke Chadwick. <laughs> Can we lock that in? Can we lock that in? I think we take much notice of, of Man United because it's just, they just every time I see them or hear anything come out of Paul's you mouth. You did mention like David Beckham last week, to be fair, but I'm not putting words in yeah, your like, mouth. Yeah, he was in the 92 when he was a he come through the ranks. Yeah, he, he wasn't signing really. Yeah, but Cristiano Ronaldo. Just for the yeah, uh, good choice. Mickey, same for you. I know you're you're not a huge Arsenal fan, but if you're picking one, who are you oh, going I, for? I think he, I think Wenger made three fantastic signings, and 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 two they've said Henri and Vieira. I think uh, Lundberg was another massive signing for them. Who who went up? You know, no one knew who he was when he got signed. Petit as well, he was good. Yeah, but I, I think I think Henri or Vieira is a split. Perez, he was yeah. another good one. Say again. Perez, he was just he was quality. Yeah, I he was. I think that Vieira was the, exactly as David said. He, he he was the linchpin of that successful period. <clears throat> he was the the main man for for Arsenal uh, for a, a longer a, a period. And once they let him go, it, it intertwined with them not winning anything much. It was him. a it was a big coup that wasn't it really because he was found playing in AC Milan reserves. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, yeah, but he was signed and um, why Rioch was still manager. Mm. Um, it was behind Rioch. Yes, back. he was. Yeah. And then uh, he only came and signed because Wenger was coming in. So he obviously had a. Everyone else outside of England knew who he was. For United, yeah, it's funny because David said about spending money all the time, and, and you know, Henri said David Belly on. Then I thought, what the fuck? Yeah, he was, he was in flops, I think. Yeah, he was in flops. I think Harper said Stam, which was a, was a fantastic signing. Again, he was a signing brought in to try and conquer Europe. Ronaldo was said, I think, by by Miller. And I think if you look at value and the player he went on to be. You would say Ronaldo, but it's uh, there's two players who define Man United, which are Keane and Cantona. I think Roy Keane came in, and for the most successful period of our, our, our 15 years, Keane was the, the linchpin for from start to end. Cantona came in for only four and a bit years, um, and in that period, he he started that successful culture. So I think in terms of winning things. Cantona would come in because he created this winning culture, but Keane, I think, for, for for impact throughout his career. Ferguson had Keane on the pitch and, and Keane was Ferguson on the pitch. You know, Ferguson knew he had to do anything in the dressing room. Keane would run that team and run it well. So I think for mm. impact over longevity, I don't think there's anyone part of Roy Keane. You take Roy Keane yeah. out of that 10-15 years, I think everyone else on that list we've said it ha- has some replaceable elements. I don't think Keane does. Okay, um, I'm, I'm going to keep mine brief. Um, obviously, Thierry Henry is going to be at the top, isn't he, for Arsenal? I was, a, as I've said in a previous, but I was a massive fan of uh, Carnu. I'm a 
guy that's six foot six and very skinny and gaunt looking, he shouldn't be able to control a ball the way he does. He was a bit of a freak, really, but I sort of fell in love with him, you know. And um, for Man United, even though I'm biased when it comes to Roy Keane, I just thought Colwyn York would probably be two of the best signings he made, especially in the 90s period, for what you know what they've done up front in their link-up play. But that's just my opinion. Anyway, we're going to move on to the next one. This is my favourite. This is, this is next on the itinerary I've been, I've been sent. We spoke about heavily last week. Got a bit heated. I think you know what's coming. The subject is gigs. Is he overrated? Now, I'm going to get the neutrals out of the way first because I think it's going to go on quite a long time between Paul and Dave. So I'm going to go with Lee Harper. Brian Giggs, was he overrated? Nah. Nah, not for me. I do think he was... I think he's a great player. Like, uh, I know that Dave's going to throw out stats and all that and go mad. Like, but if you remember in the 90s, like, he was quality. Like, he was a... Man, nah, for me, he, he wasn't overrated. He was... A very, very, very good, and I think I wish he would have played for England. If I'm honest, I think him in our team would have been the balance that we needed, and that maybe might have just pushed us over that mm. final hurdle. But fair play to him; he chose Wales. Uh, so up to him. He did play for the schoolboys, I believe. Yeah, didn't yeah, yeah, he? yeah, 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 yeah. He did. Do you but, know why he chose to play for Wales? I've, I've no idea why. Any idea, Lee? No, I ain't got a clue. His dad's Welsh. Yeah. His dad was Welsh. Oh, okay. Okay, Miller, Giggs, overrated? Yes or no? Uh, it's a hard one for me. Very good. Yes. Would I put him in the world-class category? No. I'd agree everything that... Don't think he's world-class, no? I wouldn't say he's world-class, no. I'd say he's very good. What he's done in his longevity, yes. Very good player. Skillful, can adapt, can play different positions. Would I put him as world class in any one position? No, I wouldn't. What do you class as world class, Miller? <laughs> See, we've had this offline this conversation. <clears throat> do I think that somebody else he could have gone into any other team and been the star man? No, I don't. Could he have gone to Barcelona and been the star man? Could he have gone to Real Madrid? Could he have gone to Bayern Munich? Could he have gone into the Arsenal team? In, in the um, late yeah. 90s and been the star man there. He's, he's never been the star man. He's always been a very good player. So that's what I class mm. as world-class. He's not world-class. Very good. Yeah. Good analysis. He's, I think you summed up quite well there, Adam. Dave, you've had an issue with Ryan Giggs the last few weeks. I'm going to let you um, step in now, mate. Not so no, much hatred, not. but why, why, is he, why is he overrated? No, I, I, I don't on. hate Let's him. Give it. I, Let's don't hear hate, it. I, I don't hate him. He's a, no, he no. Is a, very, he's a very good player. He's, for me, he's not world-class. And for me, I think he's very overrated. Now, in that, in that treble-winning team, that treble-winning year, Ryan Giggs got three assists all season. Three assists. Son got two today. And he played in a treble-winning side, yeah? Who won the Champions League, FA Cup Premier, and he got three assists. Now, you can't tell me that's a world-class, world-class. He's a left-winger in a team that dominated, who attacked, who scored many goals, and he has set up three goals all season. Especially... Yep. The stats don't lie. Now we're we're in a stats-driven world now, yeah. Where if he was playing today and he was coming up with them, they'd be talking. Roy Keane, Jay Red, that all them not talk. They would, they would that would be getting mentioned, yeah. And it would be, he would get torn to shreds. So for me, yeah, like I say, he's a very good player. Yeah, he was. Are you uh, saying yeah. he was over overhyped or more than overrated or what? I just I just think the stats I just think the stats don't lie. The hmm. stats do not lie. His goals, his goals to games. He, he's the top with the top one hundred goal scorers in the Premier League. Yeah, he's got his games to goal ratio is the worst. And yeah, yeah again, and then there in a team who, who dominated, who absolutely smashed 98-99 season. He set up three goals all season. Come on, for a left winger. That's sorry, I can't have it. Do you agree with David Ollins' nope. um, nope. analogy, Paul? That nope. he was nope. nope. Okay, go on. Nope. Try and forget the other players for the moment. Okay, you're going on stats. Fair enough. Left wingers, first of all, in the 99 season, he played in centre midfield for six games. He played on the right about nine times that season because Blancfest came in and Blancfest went on the left. So he didn't play all his games on the left wing. If you're looking at his stats over his very long career, you can argue they are, uh, look, they can be deceiving. Absolutely agree with you. If he was playing in a team now, his stats would be far higher. He yeah. wouldn't get into a top yeah. team now with them stats. That's what I'm telling you. Dave, let me just read you something. Dave, let me read you something. You said about... about let, me, let me read you something. Johan Cruyff, Eric Cantona was a great player. 
but he's not as good as Ryan Giggs. George Best, maybe one day people will say I was another Ryan Giggs. Zinedine Zidane, if he was French, Perez or myself would have been on the bench. Del Piero, only two players made me cry when watching football. Maradona yeah. and Giggs. These are these are top, top, top players. And it's an opinion, though. It's not a fact. Okay, okay, sorry, Holland. PFA team of the century, 97 to 2007. Who got on the left wing? PFA, Player Football Association. He was voted 97 to 2000, PFA team of the century. PFA Players Player of the Year, 2008-2009. UEFA Champions League Dream Team, 1992 to 2002. All of these were voted for by players within the game. Overall team of the decade, public and panel. These are the people that, 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 that have the right to have an opinion that has more of a basis. Right. Than right. So if they're all still alive now, just email him and say, Giggs got three assists in 98, 99. What do you think of that? And we'll get all their opinions back and see if it's the same as what they right. said then. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can we get back to you guys? Um, let's get um, Lee and Miller involved. Lee, um, Dave's stats and Paul's individual honours for gigs, etc. Do they add up or are you uh, against what they're saying? What's your opinion, mate? Right. So, yeah, like, I do think, like I said, I do think Giggs is a good player, but the fact that Dave said three assists and all that, that it does make you wonder, like, how, Lee, Lee, how much of an influence does he have? Did he have over twenty-two years? Right, his average sister season five. Over so all Giant Giggs has got going for him is longevity. That's it. Oh, and thirteen. So, so your average, he's he got one hundred and sixty-two assists in twenty-two years, which is five assists a season. Come on, Miller. Did the stats add up for you, mate? Or are you anti-stats or what? Again, like I'm anti-stats. Like I've said it before. Stats don't tell the full picture of how a person is on the pitch, mm. what their movement is, their teamwork, what impact they're having in their squad on a day-to-day basis. Mm. But Paul, Paul was going along the lines of answering Holland's statement about the free assist that season. And you was going back to in that era, his job was to get down the, get down the wing, beat a player and whip it in. That's an assist, Paul. That's what I was saying. You're, you're saying his main role was to assist, free assist in the treble winning season. The amount of games, I don't, again, I don't know how many games he played and positions that he played. But even if he played centre midfield like he has done throughout his career, where he's come inside, surely a man of what you're saying and other players rating him that highly, surely his impact on the team going forward with assist will be higher than three on a triple winning season. Ten like goals. Going, Ten goals that season. Brilliant. Let's add that in, into important, it. Important mm. goals as well. Let's put important goals, semi-final goals and stuff like that. Yeah. Important goals. So he, as I said, he's a big player. Big game player. For me, he's just not a world-class player. I, I can't understand how you can say yeah. he's not world-class. I don't, I don't generally yeah. understand how you can how can you can class him as not a world-class player. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've stats don't, I stats don't sound like they're world-class to you, Paul, to be fair. Okay. okay. You're going can to... I... Sorry. Sorry, I'm going to get back. I'm going to come to you next, Paul, so you can get back into it with Dave for a bit. Um, I just want to. We've all, got, all made valid points as we always do. What's your um, opinion, can I just, Graham? Your opinion? Yeah, you I was just. Decide. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, based on some 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 stats of fact and some fa- um, stats are misleading. I'll, I'll explain what I mean. What I mean by misleading. Um, it's only this week that I found out. I'll ask you a question. Who is the at the moment on stats statistics? Who is the best? Who's the best football side a team in Europe at the moment, based on stats? Does anybody know? What currently? Now, yeah, Paris. currently. No, currently uh, it's Glasgow Munich? Rangers. It's Glasgow Rangers, based on stats. Now you know, and I know, player for player, the quality of league they're in, the way they play football, they're not as good as Manchester City. They're not as good as Paris Saint Germain. They're not as good as as um, really good as fucking Burnley. But yeah, exactly. This is the point I'm trying to make. Based on stats, they are the best team currently in European football. We know they're not. So some add up and some don't. That's just my input on it. But I'm going to go back to you, Paul. Take issue with Holland again and try and convince him why Giggs isn't overrated. He played for Man United for how many years? Alex Ferguson had him in the team week in, week out when he was fit. All right. He won 13 titles, four FA Cups, two Champions Leagues. He scored in the FA Cup game against you guys, you know, and you say that's the only goals remembered for. Go and ask Del Piero about, 
Let me go and stop here about the game in Juve. Yeah, but Paul, you know, sorry. So just but you know, when you start you start mentioning players and all that, right? We we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about Jack Wilshire. Yeah, you said he weren't world class and all that, but you, Xavi and Iniesta, and all, they said that he was brilliant. He was the best player. You know, one game. You're, you're naming players. That's what I'm trying to say. You're saying that. Let's not bring Jack Wilshire into it for a moment. That's just well, me... what I'm trying to say. But yeah, but he was. But you, he was said by Xavi, like probably one of the best midfielders of all time, and he said how good Jack Wilshire was. Yeah, the thing is, the thing is with that is that in 20 years' time, Jack Wilshire is going to use it like like Ryan Giggs and Scott Skulls have used it. It's like what? Sorry, what is Ryan to come out? Whereas Abby said he's brilliant, and everyone's going to start debating like we are whether Jack Wilshire was world class. Sorry, Dave, what has Jack Wilshire won? Oh, but no, no, see, this is no, 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 no. Sorry, answer him, Dave. Answer him. Ox, Ox Del Piero in the Juventus game when Giggs came off the bench and scored two goals in, in, oh, in Juve. I can't ask Del Piero. We tried to get him on the pod. Yeah, we did. What about Man United versus Real Madrid in 2014? Giggs came in to play centre midfield and was the biggest baller on the pitch. If you look at stats, I agree. And I, 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 I said to you I agree last week and I agree with you this week. Their stats don't look great. But he brought to the, every game he played. People were scared to play against him. You didn't know what he was going to do against you. He could cut inside. He could get a ball around you. He was fast. He was technically very good. He could pass. So Ryan Giggs had everything in a player. So to say he's not world class, in my opinion, as you like, like to say, I think that makes you look silly. Because you can't argue that Ryan Giggs... Uh, you, you could dislike him and say, well, the stats don't add up and he wasn't your favourite player. But to say he wasn't world class... You can't back that money thing apart from, in my opinion. I'm saying to you, and again, it is an opinion-based pod, but you don't win that many... You name any other player that's won anything close to that, that you would then say they're not world-class. Clarence Seedorf, world-class. He's won a similar uh, amount to Giggs. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Did Giggs ever win a Ballon d'Or? Was he even voted for it? He was voted for it. Yeah, he didn't win one. But there's loads of players that won a Ballon d'Or. If you're going to go down that route, Dave, we're going to go... We're going the to thing is... Dave, did Henri bring a Ballon d'Or? I'm only asking because you're saying he's world-class. Did Henri win? It? Oh, so Henri's not world-class. Okay, Paul, Paul, let Dave have his say now because you haven't stopped for breath. Would, 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 you, would, you, would, you class, would you class Mesut Ozil as a flop at Arsenal? Nah. No? That's your point, Moot. <laughs> no, no, he got 19 assists in one season. Did you win? 2005-2006. No, I'm not on about winning things. I'm on about individual players. I'm not on about did the team win it. I didn't give a fuck if he won the game. I'm on about his assists over a season, right? Yeah, we did win nothing, but he got 19 assists, yeah? What well, pointless, really, wasn't it? Ryan Giggs, Ryan Giggs won three trophies and got three, uh, three, and got three assists. Well, so what's that saying? So, 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 what does that say? stuff for him. What does that say to you? What does that say to you? If he got three assists and we still won a treble... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He's being carried. That's what he's doing. He's being carried. He's oh, doing fucking for the team. If he's only getting three assists, what's he doing? You're an idiot. Urzal or Giggs? Giggs. Lee Harper, Urzal or Giggs? Giggs. Yeah, because Giggs Urzal's classed as a flop. That's what I was trying to get at. No one classed as a flop. Remember, I'm the host. I'm trying to get in there. I think we. I think by the looks of it, Paul isn't going to convince Dave, and Dave isn't going to convince Paul. Um, they've got completely different opinions. One's going with stats and one's going as a player himself. And um, I want to move away from the gigs thing just for nearly. I just want to get it out of the way. But no, sorry, 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 sorry. Just one more thing. Come on, on. Very quickly. Yeah. He played 963 games and his career. Stats again. Yeah. No, just to end it with that, you, because Graham uh, Holland's using stats. How many okay. assists did he get in his career? Does anyone want to have a guess? How many assists he got in his career? 160 something, wasn't it? In the Premier League, yeah. In, in his career, 249 and 168 goals. Okay, let's get the stats. Let's get the stats out of the way. Let's go from your memories of players, right? Okay, so let's go back just for briefly. Let's go back to the gigs thing, and um, because it's United Arsenal, let's keep United Arsenal to get this out done and out of the way. If you've got a position on the left hand side, um, you've got the either to come off the bench or start. You pick. You want someone to win you the game or create assists and be a massive part of that team. Are you picking gigs? Are you picking Overmars? Are you picking Wiltor? Or who out of United and Arsenal, from your memory, would you put on that left side to win you that game? Adam Miller. From my type of football that I like watching, I would say Mark Overmars. Purely, I think he's more creative. He's more direct than Slavan Wiltor or Ryan Giggs. And he would have more of an impact as a, an attacking player. He may not have as much of an impact as an all-rounder team player, but as an attacking player to 
create something and get you a goal or get somebody else goal, get a penalty, anything, Mark Overmars will have more of an impact. So I would choose him. Yeah, I, I agree with what Adam just said there. If you if you want an impact, you want a goal, and you look to your bench and you've got gigs and overmars on it, overmars for me. But mm-hmm. to start the match, gigs. Point, Dave. Does, uh, can I chuck Bobby Perez in there, or is that later on? Of course you can. Of course you can. Bobby Perez was unbelievable on the left. I love overmars. If, if, gigs, I'm not even putting gigs on the bench. Let's get that correct. If I've got a bench and I've got to pick five players, gigs ain't getting on it. I'd stick Cleverson, Overmars, um, Taibbi, Taibbi, Bebe, and then uh, and Perez, and I'll bring Perez on. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we, we could get into Perez because Perez was unbelievable as well, and his stats yeah, yeah. were absolutely Fair smoked enough. as well. So that we we can move on from that. But yeah, uh, if, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. Overmars. Okay, Paul. Oh, no, that's not even being Would you put Perez as well, class? Yeah. All day. Oh. And his, stat, his stats match up as well. So we could go, you know, and I've got them if you want to hear it. Are we going gigs Perez now instead of gigs Overmars? Uh, yeah, no, I'm going Perez. I like, Overmars was great, okay. but, uh, you know, I'm prepared for Perez. So if Paul wants to go there, let's do it. Let's go, champ. Are you going, uh, are you going listen, in- Overmars, I said last week, and I, I misspoke. Overmars was a fantastic left winger um, throughout his career. I think every time we played him, he scared the shit out of me. I had, When he was injured, I was like, thank God he's injured. Because I thought if he was injured, we had we had a better chance. I mean, we beat you most of the times anyway. But when he wasn't, wasn't playing, I felt, ah, oh, that's it. You know, Gary never had a torrid time against Overmars. And then you got Perez in to replace him. And Perez was fantastic. I can't argue greatness. For me, yeah, it would be Giggs. And uh, Giggs would... would yeah. Because I, I can, just can speak from Giggs coming off benches in games and making an impact. As I said about the okay. UK. Whereas Overmars, I can't. But if you had 50 fans that were neutrals, I think it would be a, a fair split between Giggs and Overmars or Giggs and Perez. I don't mm. think any one person would be leaning more to another, another yeah. person. All right. Okay. Um, I'm going to get involved in that question as well before I move on. Um, Giggs was a great player. Um, I think he was borderline world-class personally. Um, with Perez, he was he was world-class. He was good at Arsenal. But I can't remember him playing great anywhere else. Um, but when I think of Overmars, Ajax, great. Arsenal, great. Barca, great. And that's where he, he beats Perez for me. So if I'm going for a three, I'd have Overmars top, then Perez, then Giggs. No, no, I'm, I'm, do you know what? I don't mind. You can argue. There's two, two players that played for my team. So I'm not going to, yeah. you know, I, I, don't, I don't mind either way. But um, if, if Graham would have went, oh, I'm going for Giggs, Perez, Overmars, then I've got an opinion. But if he wants to argue over the two players that played for my team and uh, they want to fight out, I'm, I'm, right. I'm fine. <laughs> right. No I, think we've, I think we've covered that. Um, I, I, from what we've heard, Dave and Paul, they're not having it. So we're back to square one with that. So we'll move on to that another time. Anyway, there's so much to cover with United and Arsenal. Um, the next one I've got on is, um, I think when you think of the rivalry in 90s and noughties, before Wenger and um, Fergie's managers, I think the two players you think will straight away would be Vieira and Keane. Um, I don't think they think they need any introduction. Um, who wants to start me off? What do they think of the rivalry between them two? Miller, Lee, who wants to start with? Uh Great captains. Um, obviously, for me, I loved Roy Keane. Just the way he went about it. Like obviously, in these games, there was massive rivalry, like mid nineties to two thousand six. Obviously, the one that springs to mind is in in the tunnel when apparently Vieira was picking on Gary Neville. And if I played for football teams, I played for many football teams, and, and if my captain done what Roy Keane done. Well, I'll take my hat off to him because that's what you want from a captain. Mm. Um, yeah, he demanded 100%, no less. Like, he was... So, I had those to buy. Don't get me wrong, Patrick Vieira was world-class. And so, in Roy Keane, well, I think he's world-class. I, I do like... I love Roy Keane. And, uh, but I do like Patrick Vieira. But out of those two, I'm going to pick Roy Keane. Do you think they were very similar in everything they did, Lee? Yeah, of course, yeah. Definitely, definitely. 100%. Yeah, they, they wanted to win at all costs. And they would... They would do anything. Like Keane would do anything. Vieira would do anything. Vieira would um, say, you know, if he didn't like. Do you agree with that, Miller? What Lee's saying, or do you got a different view? No, again, no. very hard to badmouth either of them. For me, the Roy Keane one, people put him in a world class bracket again. Like Giggs, is the team that he played in. The other players around him. <laughs> Keep laughing, Paul. We've had this for <laughs> weeks now. All I'm saying is, 
take him out of the team and put another player in, that team still delivers. Like what player? Team. Like what take player him. at Miller? Nicky Butt. Nicky no, Butt. No, 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 no. Like what player, Miller? Dennis Wise, would you say? I would say Dennis Wise, yeah. I've got no issue saying Dennis Wise, put him in that Man United team. That Man United team still wins, as in it's a team. Oh, God. I'm not saying well, Dennis Wise bit... is the same level as him. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the team that they had, he wasn't the one man that pulled that team over the line every single game. They had about five, five, six leaders in that team. You're a Man United fan and you're next kind of like a meerkat purple. But what I'm saying is you t- you put from Steve Bruce era, yeah? Leader, Pallister, leader, Paul Wintz, leader. You're telling me these people are not leaders. Yep, Stam coming, leader. Rio Ferdinand, Schmeichel, leader. You take Patrick Vieira out of that Arsenal team in the late 90s, that team's gone. Paul, he, you look a bit dazed and confused there. Miller's had a, he's got a good mouth up there. He's made some valid points. You look a bit confused and shocked, stunned. I'm, I'm, I'm not, making I'm not saying anything about Keane. I'm not saying Keane is not... He's not world-class. That you, that your first thing came <laughs> was not world-class. You did say something about Keane, first of all. Um, I, I don't understand, Miller, because Gig isn't world-class. Keane isn't world-class. What do you, what, how are you working world-class? Tim, I've said it. I've said it before, Paul. You take him out of that team no, no, and no. put him into what another team. Someone world-class. I've already said it before. Say it I've again. I've said this. Oh, my God, Paul. Going around in circles like we have a week on WhatsApp. Going around in circles. <laughs> Take him out of that team. Is he going to be that star man in every team that he goes into? The Juventus game, the Arsenal game, the Barcelona game. I can reel off games that he won games for us for. I can reel okay. off games that we were 1-0 down and he pulled everyone off. You can have leaders in the team and then you have a leader. You can have five lions, but one lion rules them all. And Roy Keane was that lion that ruled everybody. You saying taking Keane out and you could put another midfield in, sorry, another player in, and you use Dennis Wise as any kind of example. And you could have used Nicky Butt, as you said, and that's, that would have been a fair comparison. We would not have won the amount of trophies we won without Roy Keane being central to that team. And that's that's a fact. I don't, that's not even a fiction. That's a fact. I think if so we, when we he retired, have, hold up, when he retired, how many trophies did you win? Yeah, we uh, Ronaldo did came. Did you win the Champions League? Yeah, we did. We came on where uh, Ronaldo Ronaldo came into the scene into his own in that period, and Alex Ferguson was a fantastic manager. But we went a, a long while trying to. Re- we haven't replaced him now. You know, we're talking about leaders, about someone in a team that if you pick Roy Keane in this Man United team now, we win a league. That's the difference yeah. he makes. That's the difference that one player makes. So you could put him in an average team, and he would make that team so much better because his standards were so high. I don't know. You can say um, uh, Vieira. I, I get what you're saying in terms great, of... Great captain. No, I'm saying he's a great captain. I've never said anything bad about him as a ca- as yep. a character. Technically, technically, Te- fantastic technically, player. Very good, but world-class, no, he's not world-class. Okay. Go on, go on, Graham. Okay, yeah, I think you, you, <laughs> you too. I think you've taken over from the McGrath and Holland rivalry here. Um, Holland, uh, Keane and Vieira. Not necessarily who's better. Were they very similar? Would you have Keane at United at Arsenal? Is Vieira good enough to get in the United side, mate? Keane and Vieira made them fixtures what they were. One was Mr. Man United, one was Mr. Arsenal, and that is what you look forward to the most. That tunnel business. How's Gary Neville gone into the referee's office and said he's getting bullied by Vieira, by the way? That's <laughs> that's that's that, that what's that? I can't, I can't get my head around that. That's that some funny stuff. That wasn't what happened, but go on. He went in there crying. He's getting bullied. No, he didn't. Uh, and King, and King stepped up and started giving it a big one, which was and great. Vieira shot was... himself. Vieira shot himself. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Now King and Vieira. <laughs> that, that, they, that was just that was just magic. That was brilliant. And they they compliment they they compliment each other. Now you don't say one name without the other. Now yeah. um, it was just magic. Um, yeah, they're very hard to split, aren't they? I, I, you know, I think we can all agree that they were both really good players. They were both kindred right. spirits as such. Great. Um, does anybody else you... got anything to add on the pair? Graham, for you, if you had to pick technically who was a better footballer, not leader, not captain, better mm. footballer. Well, like uh, you know my view, I'm I'm biased anyway. It's always going to be Roy Keane. But even before Patrick Vieira came into the Premier League, I was a massive fan. Um, even going through his his whole longevity of his career, I put Roy Keane as a ten and Patrick Vieira as a nine. You know, um, some people might agree, some people, but if I had to pick out the two, it's going to be Roy Keane. Both world class players, very similar. But if I'm picking one, it's going to be Keane. So. Has anybody else got anything to add about the, the King Vieira thing? Oh, we, cool. tried, we tried signing Vieira. Um, I think it was in the 2002 season. Um, and it was the, the season where Fergie was set to retire. We approached Vieira 
and he was willing to come to United. Um, but then Ferguson, uh, something went wrong in the, in the thing, and, and Wenger came out and accused of, of tapping him up. It would have been nice to see a Vieira keen midfield. Um, I, I, again, as, as Graham said, I think both are world class. The Vieira keen view was fantastic. The only thing I will say is Vieira was a lot dirtier, um, spitting at Neil Ruddock. Um, I think he How got. Can you say that? Fucking Keane broke Haaland's leg. That's punch Alan Shearer in the face. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Paul. Yeah. What would you rather done? Kicked in the in the in the leg or spat in the face? Disgusting. I'd probably rather. I know it's disgusting, Paul. I just yeah. think spitting on people's vile. I think that's that. Takes it yeah, no, it is. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's the lowest of the low. I think spitting in this day and age would be much more worse with the corona going around. But that's uh, <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> Next one I've got is um, Arsene Wenger's first match against uh, Man United. United came over a 2-1 victory against Arsenal. And from looking back, it was the actual game that started the rivalry back all those years ago. Ian Wright's two-footed challenge on Peter Schmeichel, yeah. Has left the goalkeeper grounded and players are walking up to Ian Wright and he's in a bit of trouble again. Manchester United players remonstrating with him. There's been a bit of history between Wright and Schmeichel and Alec Ferguson is concerned to say the least about the condition of the goalkeeper and maybe about the challenge. Wright's being led away. And the concern really is for the condition of Schmeichel. And here it is. He's definitely offside. Then he's got in for the ball. It's, it's a very hard decision to make by the referee. I don't think his feet are as high as they first look. He's basically trampled on the ball. And I think with Schmeichel following through, he's took the weight of the ball, pushed onto his leg. Real emergency this for Manchester United. Raman van der Hau, the Dutch reserve goalkeeper, has been alerted. Ian Wright, who had the incident here with a Grizzovic earlier in the season when there was a lot of controversy and he felt he was wrongly accused. Schmeichel and Wright have been at each other's throats once or twice before, well, figuratively anyway. Martin Bodnam has to adjudicate and he has seen nothing wrong with the challenge because Ian Wright was offside anyway. I suppose it would have been a free kick, but he hasn't anyway uh, gone up to Wright, who was already on a young... No yellow card. In, in this, yeah, in this day and age, that's a straight red. It's a ban. Um, Paul, piped up straight away. Give us a brief description of what you thought of that incident and how Arsenal played against Man United, etc. Well, the, yeah. So you had... But, I mean, that was a, what a game that Keep was. it brief. No, I will. The tackle at the time was... It was bad. Don't get me wrong, it was bad. It was a red card. There's no doubt about it. Everyone can agree it was a red card. But there was just something about them too, because Ian Wright never scored past Michael, and that was mentioned quite a few times in the build-up to that game and, and throughout his career. So they had their own little rivalry going on. And when the tackle happened, it was it was bad. I mean, prior to that, they popped the ball earlier on in the game, and it was a bad one. But that was the first game, as you said, that kicked it all off. All of a sudden, Wenger mm. comes in, they're going for the title, you know, they're, they're, they're going to challenge us. And it, it, that's the start of the tastiness for me. So, yeah, yeah good memory, good game. And their rivalry was the first rivalry in the modern era of United versus Arsenal. That tackle, what do you remember of it, mate? Mark, oh, this day and age. But, yeah, no, nah, that's a, that's what, look, that's just what the game's missing these days, man. It's tackles like that. Yeah, no, nah, that's all I've really got yeah. to say. Dave, are you similar to Lee? Was, was Vian right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this day and age, this day, no, nah, I don't think it was out of order. It was Arsenal, mate, United. Anything goes, but yeah, they're, they're the sort of tackles that fired you up as a fan, like come on, and all that, and that sort of stuff. And then back then it was acceptable. So you know, now you'd be thinking, oh, that's a bit naughty, that. Yeah. But back then that was like, ah, you know, the, the fact that Ian White was showing that sort of passion got your got your got your blood blood flowing. You know what I mean? Got you wanting to wanting to win. And they yeah. were the sort of tackles that the games that they miss. Like you know, all they do is just fall. Just, like today I watched the game, and the scream from one of the blokes. He got tackled. Honestly, honestly, I thought someone shot him. But yeah, no, I think the game misses. I think the game misses that type of passion. I don't. Obviously, I don't want people getting their legs snapped and all that. And that's out of Easy. order. And, yeah, and he could have easily done that, and it would have been out of order. But the the, the the will to win, the fight, the passion with these, which Arsenal main night games had, you don't have now, which is why you don't have these rivalries. The Miller, would you say that was the start of the rivalry? Schmeichel and um, Ian Wright set it off. Obviously, you guys know I like that type of stuff, mm. and. Tackles like that win you games. They can change the whole dynamics of a game of a tackle like that. They can get the, the fans up. Other players will go missing on the other team thinking, hold up, these guys are putting it about. So you have a sink or swim in those big games. And yeah. people like, obviously, Gary Neville going into the ref 
sink or yeah. swim. But going on to what Holland said, he's right. And I think we all agree. Um, when Man United played Arsenal, or just in that era, it was really, really, you play for them teams. You were, you felt like if Vieira went out on that pitch, he was he'll, get up, he'll die on that pitch to make sure Arsenal got three points, as Keane would, as Adams would. There was a real passion and a fire. And the Keane incident in the tunnel, you know, and he, he said it quite publicly on uh, Sky Sports about these players sitting behind game, talking, and then going off on the field, having a chat, swapping shirt at halftime. We don't need that. And I referred to it earlier on before we went on air. And I said, we don't need to see that. What I want to see my team, may not have playing Chelsea's day prior to the game, in the tunnel, I want everyone looking forward. I don't want anyone shaking hands or being nice and, oh, hello, mate, how are you on internet? You're Spanish, I'm Spanish. I could give a shit. Do that after the game when the cameras are not on you. We've lost that in the game, the passion. Players with real personality, Tony Adams. Players with real personality. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Paul. So you remember the goal scorers, the people that scored your goals, your Alan Shearer's, your Henri's. These sort of players that scored you many goals, this is why they're, they're loved. After that, you've got the players that showed passion, like your Kings, your Vieiras, the ones that wanted to win, that would put everything into it. These, and that's why they're remembered as what they are, because they. Okay, as you're speaking there, Dave, we're going to move on. Season after 97, 98, Arsenal won the league for the first time under Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, they won it by a point, but they were 12 points behind United in February. They had a winning streak of 10 matches in a row, and that famous 1-0 win at Old Trafford with Mark Overmars scoring. Overmars. Bergkamp. And Mark Overmars with Schmeichel coming and Overmars is past it. Oh, and Arsenal a whisker away from their first Premiership goal at Old Trafford. It's been a tight match so far, but Overmars looks the one player capable of opening it up. This is Overmars. It's still Overmars! Well, at times he's taking them on single-handed. Oh, it's Overmars! He's done it this time! Arsenal have scored a Premiership goal at Old Trafford and it could well be a winning goal in this match and a double over United this season. What's your thoughts about that season? Oh, I mean, to, to, be, to be that man, to be, sorry, to be 12 points behind, behind the United side, a strong United side, to come back and win the league like that. I mean, you must have been... Uh, over the moon, should I say? Arsenal, you know, it was yeah. it was just a magical, magical season. You know, we had no right to come back from twelve points behind and win it. And then, yeah, Overmars goal. He missed. He missed this. He missed this. Schmeichel saved the saved one from him, and then he's chipped in second time and scored magic. Mm-hmm. And then the FA Cup as well. Done the double when Tony Adams stands there, does that iconic three statue, stands there like that. He should have had a hat trick in that game. Looking back, Mark Overmars, didn't he? He should have had he about was, three or four. Unbelievable in that game. Unbelievable. Yeah. He, he was everything we talk about now. Now, you see, we're talking about Overmars now. In that, I can't think. Poor being able to name one Juventus, Barcelona, all this stuff he comes out with. Name a name a game like that where Giggs made that type of impact. I can't. FA Cup nineteen ninety nine against Arsenal. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. That one goal. Lee? That one goal. Yeah, no. It was that's like, not even the, sorry. That's not even the invincible side. That's the side yeah, that comes no, back no, from twelve points behind. No, no, that, that was a great side. But I just want to go back to, we ne- mentioned uh, Ian Wright just mm-hmm. a minute ago. Like, do you think, like, I'll, I'll see what I'm asking you guys now, um, do you think Wenger liked him? At the beginning, I would say yes. Why do you like, all ask? Because well, I feel like, I feel like when, when Wenger went there, he kind of throws Ian Wright out a little bit, in my opinion. Like, Dave, you're an Arsenal fan, so you've seen... Yeah, he did, yeah, he did. He did, he brought an Elka in straight away, didn't he? But he knew he had, he had this young guy superstar coming up and he knew yeah. Ian Wright's time was coming to an end yeah change so of the guard you mean transition and Elko yeah. was funny when he first came like yeah, what is he, he two years he done yeah he had two years there. Yeah, yeah two years I think but he signed for Real Madrid for 23 million I'm surprised United didn't buy him for a record transfer fee that's what they were good at he probably tried, oh. tried to buy everyone didn't he Fergie um, oh that season disappointment he was that far in front do you know what? Yeah, I think that season, we lost the title in February that season. We had nine injuries in February. Oh. Um, the, the game we lost it in, uh, obviously we lost it to the Overmars goal in that game. Um, it, was a, it was a 3-2 uh, when David Platt from Bari came out of nowhere. Sherry He's got another one. And Manchester United produced the most positive of reactions to being 2-0 down. Thanks to Sheringham, it's 2-2. Wow, this is an absolutely fantastic streak. 
There's an element of surprise here that David Seaman has to deal with. He just turns and hits it. And much like the quality of Arsenal's two strikes. We, we draw that game, we win the league. No, I think they deserve that season. It, it, uh, you're saying about Ian Wright, it's a good question, uh, Harper, because one thing I've got written down here about Wenger, going back to that, is loyalty. Not many players show loyalty to Wenger. A lot of players seem to want to go there for a very short period of time and be moved on. No, because Arsenal weren't ready to pay the wages. That's the problem. Same as Ashley Cole got in his car, got offered 45 grand. Like just that, that is why they, they came when they left because Arsenal weren't willing to pay for them. Yeah, I think the Emirates, that's that I reckon no. that might have cost Arsenal a few titles. No, hold on, hold on. The Emirates was in like 2007. This is this is a not this is the period before that. Before the Emirates, yeah, no, I know that, but obviously, look what it don't take fucking six weeks to build a, that stadium, does it? So, obviously, that's where I think their money went in early 2000. I think that's what they're paying towards. Yeah, he... he knew he had to manage the the club and the stadium build at the same time. Well, yeah, but he wanted, but he wanted to do that. He wanted to be, he wanted to be the club. So oh, yeah, he wanted to. I know. Yeah, that, that's why Wenger's not a world class manager because any manager with any self respect would have left. They would not have been taking this. The ball telling him you've got to sell this player and that player and that player and that player and that player. Week year in year out, you've got to sell your best player. Find a gem, sell him. You've got to find a gem. No other manager in their right mind would have stayed at a club. Because or, what they've done is they've hampered him potentially um, from from competing, and he sat back and took it. Do you know how I took it? He's the highest paid manager in the Premier League. You talk about not paying the wages. Arsene Wenger was on five and a half million pounds a year. The top Ferguson was on four. He was paid more than any other manager in the Premier League, and he stayed there. I oversaw this 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 great stadium being built. What David Dean built, nothing to do with Wenger in my opinion. They said, oh, but by the way, Wenger, you've got to sell that player now. Oh, okay. Do you think Jose or Pep or Ferguson or Ancelotti? I don't think so. Maybe he was scared about going to another club because he knew he weren't the manager. He couldn't bring anything to a club that he brought. Is, is, is that another fact or is that an opinion again coming from you? Because you've got a load of, load of talk, a load of waffle. That's an opinion. My opinion is he, he, he stayed at a club for 22 years and after seven years he was spent. And they told him every year you sell your best players. Even going to United, sell Van Persie to United. Oh, we won't pay the wages. It went, like, hang on a minute. Their, their, their contracts had run down. It went, it went, he never just sold them. All the money that he got from them players would would like, half the price because they're fucking stupid enough to let their contracts run down to one year. Which is what happened with Van Persie when he went to you. Yeah, yeah. All right. I don't care who it was. Well, yeah? well, you must care because you're saying Wenger's not a good manager. I'm saying, well, what good manager allows their club to let players get down to one year of their contract? How many players did that happen to? It's still happening now. Arsenal still do it now. They're there fucking useless when it comes to that. There you Can I butt in now? Can I be the ref and butt in? Uh, can we go back to that actual season? Um, I just wanted to throw something in there. When Obviously, when Arsene Wenger came, we all know that he changed the culture of football. He changed the culture of um, Arsenal Football Club. But I didn't realise, looking back, they apparently, that pre-season, they went to Austria on a pre-season tour. They might be clued up in this. I never knew anything about it. Um, after they had training, they played the pre-season games. A lot of the English players went to the bar and got drunk, whereas the continental players, not being disciplined at the time, all went to coffee shops and were smoking fag after fag after fag. It was actually um, Arsene Wenger, when he came in, he stopped, the, stopped all that, the smoking culture, the drinking culture. He took the junk food away. He started feeding them a pasta. There was actually, um, in, what I read was vitamin injections with creatine to help improve stamina. So not just the, it wasn't just the foreign players. He just... He just changed everything about the club as a whole. Obviously, started off pretty badly, but then went on to win that title. Um, yeah, the, the, to this day and age, the drinking and the smoking thing, I find it amazing. What do you guys think about that, that culture? I know it exists, or existed, but to read about it, it's, I don't know, personally, it, it, I find it amazing. Lee? Well, yeah, well, obviously, one player comes to mind. You, you, we all probably heard the story, old Ray Parler. Mm-hmm. When he... Uh, <laughs> He reckons he got on the plane. He went to have a beer at the back or something. And Wenger said, no, look, we've got a big game. It was against United, I think, believe it or not, on the Wednesday. Yeah, so then he, uh, he, when he got back, I think, and then he well, he went to some social club and he, he he's paralytic or something. And then he got mad in a match. I think he was against United on the Wednesday. And did they not win the league or something? 
But that yeah. I, I think that drinking culture was just a, was just an English cult thing, wasn't it? Because I remember seeing something about Dennis Bergkamp when he first came. Couldn't believe the antics that were going on, the way yeah. the way that they trained and all that sort of stuff. Well, you so the smoking as well, Dave. Don't you think the smoking in football? Even yeah, back in the nineties, I would say the smoking was worse than drinking, wouldn't it? Yeah, but the foreigners are all very heavily heavy smokers. Apparently, the French mm. lads and the Dutch lads they all love the fag. Yeah. Okay, so we've done the league then. Um, Paul, I think you might get a bit of revenge here. Um, we're going to move on to that famous FA Cup semi-final goal. Semi-final game, to say, in 99. Um, it had everything, didn't it? Had extra time, had goals, it had seconds off. Miss, sorry, are we going to miss out the free sorry? league titles? Are we going to miss out the free league titles we won back-to-back after they won that? Yeah. And as far as Becker, it's Manchester United's turn to attack. Sheringham. Bergkamp, he's got some space, he scored the equalising goal and Arsenal are right back in the FA Cup. The energy, Jonsson, Bergkamp, Bergkamp again, Anelka, Anelka scored! Arsenal have scored twice and it's Arsenal now who all the flags up. Was Anelka offside? Well, he was there when Bergkamp kicked the ball. And now Roy Keane is off. (laughs) Oh, what a game. It's his second yellow card. And just as in 1995 when he was sent off here, Roy Keane has been dismissed. Parler now for Arsenal. Oh, that's a penalty, surely. It is a penalty in stoppage time at the end of the game. Oh, Philip Neville's distraught. How United need Peter Schmeichel to rescue them now. Dennis Bergkamp can take Arsenal to Wembley. I told you they needed Schmeichel, and they did. Giggs. Great run here by Ryan Giggs. Oh, what a goal! Would you believe it? Ryan Giggs could have taken Manchester United to Wembley. Then I'm going to start with Miller. Do you remember that game? Where was you watching it? But obviously a goal. The thing that sits out to me on that one is the person who gave the ball away. Oh, Vera. Yeah. You never think he would make a pass like that, yeah, and he literally bad, just gave the game away with that pass. Mm. He was knackered um, up that stage. He was knackered, wasn't he? I'm pro Vera uh, over anyone else. Yeah. Nah, yeah. Well, obviously, you do, I just kind of remember the goal. Look, I I don't support either them two teams. Like, uh, but I remember the goal. I know what you you saying about Vera giving the ball away, but let's be honest, Giggs had yeah, still had a lot to fucking do. I I, I think it was more. Uh, it was a great goal. Don't get me wrong, and you know it pisses me off. And like I say, every time, all I, I, don't, I don't even see the goal anymore. Yeah, as much as it was a great goal, the defending's shocking, by the way. They're all just, sta- they're all running back. Like, scared of him, scared of Giggs. Yeah, not one of them put a foot in, not even one of them even tried to make a tackle. He just breezed past all of them. So I think defending needs to be in question. Like that, the, but you know, Anelka, Anelka had a goal disallowed, didn't he, Dave? And um, obviously, Shemaik yeah. was safe on Burkamp. Burkamp's goal was deflected. The Send game had everything. Send, it, was, it was a proper, listen, that's what FA Cup used to do. That's what FA Cup game was all about. And at a neutral ground, should I add? Neutral ground. It was two teams and it had a a disallowed goal. It had a red card. It had a a last-minute drama, a fantastic goal, a penalty save. I mean, that that game could have gone either way. Let's be fair. You know, Man United's treble season, everything that season went for us. And I I just, you didn't want to lose against Arsenal, and especially coming to score against Holland. You know, the rare loss that United did suffer. Oh, so um, no, yeah, great game. It set up the road nicely going into the the treble season. You know, obviously that was at Villa Park, yeah. So, I think personally that semi-finals now in the FA Cup is lost it because they used to be uh, they shouldn't be at Wembley. The final should be uh, the final should be at Wembley, and that's it, right? Like Villa Park. Um, well, you got you could have Tottenham now down in London. 
you've still got Old Trafford. Anfield. I feel like, yeah, yeah. I feel like the semi-finals should be at a neutral venue and the final. Yeah. I just feel like that when you see, look, you get to a semi-final now, you just, oh, going to Wembley, going to Wembley. That doesn't, semi-final. That's not what it's all about, is it? You're right. It used to be the road to Wembley, didn't it? Yeah. Not the semi-final. And I think I think you're right, Lee. I think the reason that they've been holding them at Wembley is to help pay for the stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say. It's another Emirates moment. It's another yeah. Emirates moment where they've got to pay for that stadium. So that's what they're having to yeah. do. But it's just took the magic in the cup away. So well, I think we're going to end that episode there. This week, we're doing a two-part special. We've got another episode that's going to drop on uh, Thursday morning. And we're also going to put together our combined 11 but do check out our Instagram on the Phoenix Five Show or email us at the Phoenix Five Show at gmail.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.